Good afternoon and welcome to New Beginning Radio, where we'll plant a seeds today for a better tomorrow, walking you out of the darkness and into the light. Not only are we talking about the issues, but we're finding solutions for the problems that we deal with every day. And joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Sheldon Gooch. Good afternoon, Mr. Gooch. How are you? I am almost perfect and getting better. How you doing, Miss Anne? I'm Anders? doing absolutely wonderful. Well, I tell you, we're at the close of another wonderful week. Amen. How was yours? Mine was great. Very busy. Very good. Great week. A lot of progress. Good. A little success. Okay. Okay. Did good. Yeah. Good. Oh, man, I, it was a very, very busy week, chock full of appointments and all mm-hmm. kinds of things going on. I, I don't know how much success I've had, but uh, <laughs> but I was working. <laughs> I'm sure if you showed up, it was success. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, um, we are glad to be back uh, at the close of this week. Yes, very And uh, just excited about uh, our platform. Yes. Very excited about our platform. Doing a lot of wonderful, great things. A lot of response that come from a lot of people that we've interviewed. You mm-hmm. know, and some people saying, "Can I hear more of that?" So wow. it is important. It's important what we're doing. We're doing a lot of things in 2020 that people will hear about a little bit later on as we move forward. But I am very excited about this great gift that we have and this platform that we have in order to tell the stories of not only women, but of men as well. Because we all have a story and those stories need to be told so someone else can can heal from that. Because a lot of times we just think we're the only person that's going through anything. Mm-hmm. But when we hear someone else's story, right. we realize that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. our platform. Very excited about it and excited about moving forward with it. Absolutely. And I share in that excitement. And we welcome all of our listeners to New Beginnings Radio, um, where we uh, our goal is to inform you, to uh, educate you and inspire you uh, to move forward in your lives. So uh, this program is brought to you by two organizations, one of which is Geneva Foundation Incorporated. Ms. Sanders will tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, the Geneva Foundation is a nonprofit organization. We deal with women that have gone through all forms of abuse, you know, whether it's mentally, emotional, physical, sexually, even spiritual. Sometimes we, we go through spiritual abuse as well. And so we talk to those people and give them different concepts, how to bring them out of the darkness into the light. And a lot of times we are just sitting with so many different things that's going on in our life. And a lot of times we don't accept it or acknowledge it. So it's important first to accept the problems that you have and that's going on in your life. Acknowledge that and let us show you how to move out of that dark place that you was in into a brighter light. Incredible. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about I'm Free and what you do. Sure. Well, I'm Free Incorporated deals with uh, returning citizens, ex-offenders, people who are transitioning back into society. Uh, I myself uh, having uh, served a sentence of life plus 30 plus 30 years uh, and, and walked through a successful transition that was inspired what I believe by God, uh, we share with those who are coming out. And for the past 31 years, we've had 100% success working with ex-offenders. So that's what I'm free uh, basically is. And our scripture is 
John 8, 36, that if the Son, mm -hmm. Jesus, therefore mm -hmm. shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. 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 But before you introduce our, our young lady here today, I always say beautiful young lady, because if you've gone through something in your life and come out of it, that rose is there. It's just a blossom for your life. So before we introduce her, you introduce her, would you please lead us in a prayer? Sure, I'd be glad to. Dear Father, we do praise you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Fathers, you lavish upon us your, your goodness that uh, sometimes we don't feel worthy to deserve, but you do it because you love us unconditionally. Father, we thank you for our lives and our health and our strength. Lord, we thank you for our food, our clothing, and our shelter. And we don't take anything for granted. Father, there are so many who are less fortunate. And so, Father, we uh, we, we praise you for, for being our provider and our protector. And Father, we thank you for this platform. We pray for our listeners today. Father, anoint their ears in such a way, Father, that they will hear something that will heal them, uh, that will deliver them, Father. And Lord, we'll be so careful to give you all the praise and the glory for everything that will take place on this platform. Father, we love you, we honor you, we adore you. In the, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen. and amen. Well, we're excited yes, <laughs> because of our special guest who has an incredible story. And we want to say first that we uh, heard about this young lady mm -hmm. through um, Deputy Chief of Police, uh, Penny Jones, who uh, we in interviewed a, a couple of weeks ago. Yes. And so we're very excited to have her here. Uh, we've heard a lot of wonderful things about her. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we invite you to hear the amazing story of Miss Tequila Pendleton. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> and welcome to the set. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. we're so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, you came highly recommended um, mm. from uh, Penny Jones, uh, Deputy Chief of Police of Vicksburg, Mississippi. And, and uh, this platform goes to 21 countries around the world, so it's going to be touching lives all over the globe. Wow. So yes. we thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start with, say, the early beginnings, um, where you're from and where you grew up. And I'm from here, Vicksburg, Mississippi. I've been here all my life. Uh, I grew up in different neighborhoods, King's Community, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Gibson Road, South Street. Those are like three of my main, what they call stomping grounds. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm a mother of four. Okay. Also, uh, I, I would change that number to five because I raised my stepson also. Good. So, um, and I have, now I have four grandchildren. Oh, Are you serious? So, well, three and one on the way. Oh. So, congratulations. Yes. Nothing like being a grandma. I know, <laughs> I, I know, like I know, I love you too. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a hairstylist. I'm okay. employed uh, at Hair Masters Barber and Beauty Salon. I'm now going back to school to obtain my barber license. Oh, great. Um, I'm full-time student at Mississippi Barber Academy in Jackson. Oh, good. That's great. And you're married? Yes, I am. I'm married. Okay. Um, I, me and my husband have been married for, I, I, I have to go back and say the year is 2012, so that makes seven years. That's right. This year will make eight years. Wonderful. But wonderful. we have been together overall for 16 years. 
Oh, wow, that's great. Yes, Proving that it can still happen. It can still happen. Yes, <laughs> that, is, yes. that is awesome. And happiness can still come. So yes. let me ask you this. Uh, is he a strong man? Yes. So, yes. so now he's a strong man and you're about to be a barber. Now I'm thinking about Samson. No, but nothing more convenient than having a wife who can give you a line. Yeah, because I have to shave women. Now I do. He used to do his own, but now, now I do. Wonderful, yes. wonderful. So, so tell us uh, about uh, your family uh, coming up. I had kind of like a rough childhood. Oh, okay. Um, I was a rebel. I'm just gonna be honest. I was a rebellious child. You know, a child that didn't want to listen, wanted things my way, and basically I made. I feel like, in some ways, I made life a little bit hard for myself. Okay. Because, like I say, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do mm -hmm. instead of doing what I was supposed to do. Uh -huh. What I was taught to do. Uh, I have. I had a wonderful mother. My mother passed away two years ago. So um, I have a sister and a brother by my mother, and I have seven other siblings from my father. Oh my! So I have a pretty big family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. my grandmother. It's it's a whole it's a lot of us on both sides. Okay, okay. So growing up, you had just three of you. Yes, just okay. it's just me, my brother, my sister. That leaves them alone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. You know, you was talking about you were uh, made things a little harder for yourself. How did that um, affect your relationships that you had uh, growing up? Say, you know, your mom said do this, you know, and you end up doing something differently. How did that affect the different type of relationships that you had in your life? Um, it just... Um... I feel like if I had a stayed with my mom and did some of the things that she asked me to do, that it would have gave me a better way to approach certain situations mm -hmm. and how to, you know, how to get involved with them and how to not get involved with them. Yeah. You know, how to look for the signs and not look for the signs, mm -hmm. you know. So, um, she, she used to fuss at me a lot about a lot of things she told me. She, my number one thing she used to tell me that I talk too much other than listening. <laughs> so she told me if I learned to keep my mouth closed sometimes that I would I would miss things. And and that I as I grown old I never understood that mm -hmm. until I got older and I understood mm -hmm. what did she mean by that. Wow. I, wait a minute. Your mother wasn't my mother, was she? <laughs> I used to hear that same thing. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Well, I think that's a common uh, issue with, with young people. Mm -hmm. What is the pecking order that you sit in? In other words, are you a middle child of first or the I'm youngest? Oldest. You're the oldest. oldest. Okay. Okay, great. Were your father in your life during that time? He was. Um, he, was. he was. I just say he was. I don't really want, you know, of go course, into that. Of course, of course. He was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Um, so at some point, life began to transition. Yes. Um, when did you leave home? Well, uh, I, I stayed with my dad when I was uh, in junior high up until probably uh, 
three years into high school. Okay. And then uh, I moved in with one of my aunts and I stayed with her for maybe about two or three years until I was out of high school, until I graduated from high school. I see. And uh, once I graduated from high school, I began to be on my own. Uh, at the age of 16, I was pregnant with my first daughter. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. And after that, I had my son. So it was like I had staff steps. By the age of 21, I had four children. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Well, nothing like getting them out of the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now, so I get it now. So around 13 or 14, you left mama's house. Mm-hmm. And and then that's when you start living sort of what you wanted to do. And you can reflect back on the things that she was trying to tell you. Yes. And, uh, and so that, that rem- kind of reminds me of Ms. Sanders. You know, her mother died when she was a young teenager. But she was always trying to talk to her and teach her while she was coming up because her mother knew she was dying. So mm-hmm. she had the same experience where I could hear mama saying, you know, this and you that. And you learn those things mm-hmm. uh, when you're not in their midst because you can hear that voice coming back up. Yes. And I hear now, even mm-hmm. today, I'm That's right. 40 years old and mm-hmm. I still hear her voice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like if I go out there mm-hmm. and I do something wrong. Or if I say something wrong, it's like I can immediately hear her say mm-hmm. now. You know, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna say what she was saying, but I know what she was saying. I, know. Right. I can hear her saying it. So, wow. She was a wonderful my mother. She was a wonderful woman. She was. Wow. You know, Miss um, Penny was telling us about some experiences that you had gone through with domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about your first experience and the things that happened had happened to you during that time? Yes, I feel sure. Uh, I, I met I met this man, this young man, this black man, young man. Uh, when I was I was twenty three. Uh, I had just turned twenty three in April. I met him in April. Uh, when I met him, he just he just didn't seem like that type of person, you know, he was uh, always doing nice things for me. I, I met him at a, at a at a club, as a matter of fact, my grandfather's club, and, and he had been watching me, and I didn't know, and he, me and my friend girl was down there, and he was sending his friend guy to tell me nice things about what he's seen in me, and, you know, we hit it off from there, you know, he's, uh, he was always helpful, you know, just, just gave me the sense of feel I had never felt that I had never been with a guy that was willing to do anything and everything for me. Wow. And, and wow. he was. He gave me everything, anything that I thought I wanted, and my kids. But down the line, it's like it was like he did everything that he had to do for me to accept him. Mm-hmm. And once I accepted him. The true him. Mm-hmm. Okay. By then, I was deeply in love. Mm-hmm. So, wow. The, he was courting your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. He was courting your emotions. And we call it a setup. We call that a setup. Yes, ma'am. Because what he was doing is allowing you to trust him mm-hmm. and believe in him. Mm-hmm. And once people tell you, well, honey, I love you, you know. That's the next thing that comes. And and what happens from there, people 
uh, often fall into that trap, but he loves me. He treats me this way. He does these things for me. So there's no way that he's going to do this, but yet he's still, he's courting your emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. He will do things like, um, I didn't have a car. I would call him and say my kids were home where I was home. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a car. He would ride over there on his bike. Mm-hmm. So that that was like, hey, that just was like a shining star in my right, eyes. Right, right. Superhero. Um, yeah, most definitely. That we ended up getting our own place together. We did things like bought me clothes. Um, took me to get me out, gave me money to get my hair done every week. He said his number one turn on what a woman was, the smell of a fresh habit. Oh, wow. So wow. he kept my hair done, and I felt good. You know, he take me out places. But the day that it all changed, I'll never forget that day. Uh, I was in the kitchen, I was cooking, and he just came in and he was just, I don't know, he was just so distraught. He was just angry. And I, I, I never understood why. And and I was like, you know, why are you, what's wrong? Why are you doing this? And he just, out of nowhere, just came and hit me. I was standing in the kitchen. Really? And just hit me and I just fell to my knees and I just cried because he had never done that. And I never had anyone to hit me. So I went in the living room. I had a Bible. I went in the living room. I grabbed my Bible and I went and sat at the kitchen table. And I was reading that Bible. Mm. Take your time. And he seen me reading that Bible and he came in there and he he hugged me. And he told me how much he loved me and that he was very sorry. Mm-hmm. That he had a lot going on with him that day and he don't know what came over him. And of course, I forgave him. You know. Uh then other little things started happening. He started uh, staying out all night. Uh, stayed gone for like seven days. And I come home and there's another young lady sitting in the driveway waiting on him to come and get in the car with her. And I'm like, you know, oh, wow. what, you know, what, what you doing? You know, he lied to me and told me that she was a cousin from out of town and he had been staying, staying uh, the the week with her and. The rest of the family, I went for it again because mm. I felt like I loved him and I felt like mm. he, you know, I was in a place I didn't have be I didn't have to pay bills. I was comfortable, but right, right. Uh, that night after I confronted him about this young lady, he came home and he jumped on me again. Mm-hmm. So now you're in shock because this knight in shining armor who has never displayed any kind of tendencies to be abusive that way, just comes out of thin air and is a totally different person. And so you're just disillusioned, wondering what is going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I didn't know what to do. I I sat down and he left that night and he stayed gone another two or three days. He came back home, baby, I'm sorry. This dad and brother, and uh, he went on to tell me about his childhood and how he watched his father 
beat on his mom. And, uh, so in my mind, is he sincere? And maybe if I stay, I can help him change. Mm. No. That's the number one problem with a, a lot of abuse in, in a, an abusive relationship is the woman always thinks that she can help them. You are absolutely always, right. Always. You are absolutely You know, right. it's an amazing thing because we see something in that person that they don't see in themselves. Mm -hmm. Because probably when you were thinking about all the things that he was doing to you, you went back to when he was courting you. How sweet and loving and kind that this man is. How can he be this way now? Yes. And you held on to what you thought was a great guy but sooner or later, the other person emerged. Wow. Wow. And at the time, I had a, uh, my best friend, and uh, she used to always tell me, T.T., you, you need to leave him alone. You need to stop. She she knew what was going on with me, and I would beg her not to tell my family. Please don't mm -hmm. tell them. And, you know, she, and she held it. She, she couldn't stand it, though. She didn't like it. And uh, another particular night, we... She and I went to bingo, and uh, me and him had been arguing all that day. I turned my phone on silent. I wouldn't answer none of his calls. So that night she brought me home. I'm thinking that I was at home all alone with nobody in the house. Me and my kids went on in the house. Uh, turned the lights on. Got my children in the bed. The whole time he was hiding in the closet. Oh my oh, god! Man. And. Uh, <laughs> I think that day was kind of, besides what he did to me at the end, was like the worst, the worst I had ever got. You know, I had, my, my eyes were black, um, my mouth was busted, my daughter, my oldest daughter was crying, uh, she ran out the door to go next door to call the police, he went and grabbed her and let her go, call the police, it, it was horrible, I, I stayed away from everyone for maybe about two weeks until my face healed up. Mm. Uh, I avoided my friend girl. She kept calling on, can I come over? Can I come pick you up? And I was like, no, you know, we chilling, you know, mm. me and such and such, we don't hang out today, you know, but all the time, that's, that's what was going on with me. You know, and you were enabling was, him uh, by protecting him in a sense. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. So when did you meet uh, Officer Jones, Penny Jones? When I met, met Miss Penny um, after another incident happened. I um, I, would, I was, at that time I was driving transportation for the state. And I went to apartment complex. One of my friends called me over there because he had went to her and you know, made her look like, made her think that uh, he loved me so much and I was ignoring his phone calls and he really wanted to see me. So he talked her into calling me over there to the apartments. Oh, and man. I went over there. And uh, as I was sitting there, she walked out to the van and she was talking to me. And as we were talking, out of nowhere, he just comes. And I tried to bag the van up. I tried to leave because I seen him running. He jumps into the window. The window was there oh. on the passenger side. He jumps into the window. And I was so nervous and afraid that I bagged the van up. And I lost control of the van. I almost bagged into the utility pole behind me. A lot of people were standing out there. And 
and uh, somebody said that they were going to call the police. So he got out. He left. He got out the van, and I drove. I drove away. Uh, I went down uh, in the bottom. It used to be a little restaurant right there on the corner across from the fish market, and that's when my friend girl, the one I was telling you about, her auntie, owned it. And I mm -hmm. went down there and told her what had happened. And she was like, uh-uh, this it. No more. No. I'm gonna call we're gonna call the police. So she called Penny down. She called and Penny came down there and talked to me. And uh and I was telling her I was actually was supposed to go down there and file charges on her. Right. I never did go. Uh so that's that that was when I generally first met her. I see. Mm -hmm. I see. So let me ask you this. Um, how long into the relationship before Penny Jones got involved in it? How long had you all been together? Five, Five months. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what was the deal for you to say enough is enough? I have to love myself and my children more than I love this man. Um, I got up when I had moved to the country uh, and I in a trailer my aunt had let me move into it. Cause and at that point, I didn't have nowhere to stay in. He came out there and he stayed there. And uh, one morning, my aunt asked me to keep her children while she went to, I want to say she went to the dentist's office, but uh, I was on the couch asleep. And when I woke up, he was standing over my head. We had, we had and before this, we had split up. I told him he had to go, but he was standing over my head. and. Uh, and there was there was nothing that I could do but get up and go with him. He wanted me to walk up to the trailer with him. When I went up there, he didn't fight me or anything. He just uh he we got involved sexually. And it was that feeling of relief. Like, you know, he actually really does love me. Oh, wow. So um that maybe two days later we got we were getting along fine. Um two days later I got up to go to church and he told me that I wasn't going to church. And I was like, Why? Who said I can't why I can't go to church? Uh I was called everything for the child mm -hmm. of God. I was accused of sleeping with the preacher. Oh, wow. Um, it was, and at that point, I said, enough is enough. I, mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. You know, uh, I left the house, all my kids' clothes. I left, I had nothing. I left my furniture, clothes, everything. And I went to live with my sister. Uh, I took my, as a matter of fact, it's like, it's like God was guiding me into what was about to happen because I took my kids to live with other relatives while I stayed with my sister. And he would do stuff like he would be hiding outside my sister's house. He would call my phone and tell me that he could see me through the bathroom. I was in there taking a shower. Oh, you know what I never man. told? I never told my sister because I didn't want her to be afraid and then I didn't want anything to happen you know where it involved her and her family right. so I kept that a secret and mm. uh so as a, this, this transportation uh thing my sister I ended up getting her a job as being my relief 
And um, the day that the, the day that the incident happened, I went to my mother's house. Well, before I went to my mother's house, I called a friend of mine because I was so scared. I was tired of being scared, and I said, "Hey, you know this is what's going on, and I need to go." And I said, "It's it's gonna be me and him. I can't do it anymore." You right, know? right. Uh, and he said, "Well, okay. Well, meet me at my job at six o'clock." Okay, I was supposed to meet him at his job. Um, I left my, I was at my mom's house, and all that day, it's just like things were just going in slow motion mm -hmm. for some reason. Now that I look back, and uh, my mom kept asking, "What's wrong?" She, she said, "I kept shaking my leg, kept shaking." You know, but I still never told her what was really going on. Mm. Wow. Um, I left to go out the door. To get an ink pen. My mom loved ink pens, designer ink pens, and I had this pretty pen for her. And I told her, I said, I'm going to get this pen for you, Mom. I got pen. So I went and got the pen. And when I went to the van, I paused and I was like, I was looking over my shoulders and scared. And, and some said, Tizzy, why are you, girl, come back and have, you know, in my mind. If you're okay. So I got back in the house. I took her a pen and I told her, I said, Mom, I'm finna go. You know, I got something to do. I'll talk to you later. I was headed to get that girl. Wow. And, okay. Uh, okay. When I got to the van to get in the van to bag out my mom's driveway, he came behind me from I don't know where he come from, but he put his hand around my mouth, around me this way, and he put a gun to my head on the other side. And he told me that if I scream, that he would shoot me. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, he forced me into the van on the uh, driver's side. And he pushed me over to the passenger side. He took the keys and he bagged the van out of the, out of the driveway. And I don't remember everything, but I do remember when he banged out, I, I opened the door and I jumped out of the uh, And I remember there was a car, uh, there was a car behind us, I think. I want to say it was behind us. No, it was in front of us. And I was going to the car and I was beating on the window and I was begging them to let me in the car. And the car drove off, mm. you know, they drove off on me. And, at that point, I don't know which way I ran. When I woke back up, I was in the parking lot of uh, the church across the street from my mom's house. Uh, and I don't, I remember uh, this man standing over me and I remember asking him to help me get up and he kept telling me uh, that I couldn't get up. And I was asking why I can't get up, help me up. And at that time, I didn't know, but the fence, he took my body and took the whole fence down of me in front of the van. And the, it was an iron rod fence. Uh, the fence broke off into my leg. Some kind of way was in my leg. The rod entered the back of my leg and ex exited out of my knee. Oh, but the rod was still yeah. in my leg. Part of the Ooh. fence was still there. Jesus. So he couldn't, he couldn't get me up. Uh, so he ran you over with the van. Mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. uh, 
the witness that was there told me that he had hit me with the van and drove over me. I want to say that told me three times. And uh, he got when he drove over me the last time, the van stopped on the other end of the parking lot. It wouldn't go anymore. Uh, and he said that he got out of the car, out of the van, and walked up to me and stood over me with the gun over me. And it was he was about to shoot me. He said he ran up to him and asked him, man, what you doing? He said he took off. That was an angel. That was an angel. So what I'm hearing is he was a master of manipulation. He was getting people to call you and bring you places and and he was hiding out and and uh, really just in control of, of, of this, the situation in your life. And at this point, you're what, feeling just helpless? Okay. Helpless, scared. I felt like I had nowhere to turn to because I felt like, I felt like I had, that if I told anyone that they wouldn't help me because they would think that I would go back to them because I had went mm -hmm. back to them. Right, right. right. So, and no, I felt like no one would believe that I was actually done. I was tired. Right. Uh, and that's uh, that's when I met him. Uh, while I was in the hospital, uh, she came to see me. Uh, that I made it back two or three. She said she had been there a couple of days. The, the day that it happened, all the way up until the third day. I was in the hospital three days before I even knew where I was. Mm -hmm. um, she came to me and told me she had been there and she was, you know, going to help me in whatever way she could. And when I tell y'all, she did not stop burning that highway up every day. If she didn't make it, she called me. Mm -hmm. That's where our relationship is. Um, I suffered. Uh, a broken pelvis. My pelvis was split into mm. uh, left. My left collarbone was broken. I had to have numerous plaques surgeries on my face. Uh, my leg, my, the ligaments were torn in my left leg. My right leg was knee was shattered because of the, the rod and the fence. Uh, and I may be leaving out some stuff, but I was my right wrist was broken. Um, mm. my my vaginal area was torn. Oh my god! Uh, to the plate point where they said that I was my tubes are already tied, so I couldn't have it in my children. Mm. But if they weren't, it was severely damaged to where I could I would never be able to bear children again. Oh my god! So, what is this man? He's in prison. He is now serving a fifty-three year. Hey, man. Uh, mandatory without Can I oh, get a round of applause? Oh, my goodness. God. Well, listen. If it wasn't for God's strength, amen. Amen. he would have only served five to ten. Oh, my God. Without my testimony, he would have been five to ten years. Oh, and the thing is that you wasn't the first one. No. Nobody, I mean, nobody may have come forward, but you no. weren't the first one. Right. No, all the stories came forward after the aftermath of me. 
Wow. Oh my God. Wow. One girl oh moved. God. She actually left here and moved to another state. So God used your yes, tragedy yes. to bring about vindication for so many others. We need to pause for a break. Yes, I need this break. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back with Tequila Pendleton. Lord have mercy. Oh God. I tell you. You are a strong one. Okay, we're back with Miss Pemberton. A powerful, powerful, powerful story that has my heart jumping all over the place right now. And to be able to go through such a violent act and to get your life back on track. How hard was that? To get back to the person that you needed to be, not just for you, but for your children. How did you just let go and go through the prison system, the, the prison system, well, I should say the court, with this gentleman and end in that and say, okay, it's my life, it's my children's life. It's time for me to get on about my business. How did you do that? God. Amen. Amen. That's all else. Expound Amen. on that, please. Because yes. <laughs> that is so important. Uh, I had I had to pray. Man. I had I had to actually learn how to really be sincere and pray. Um that was a you know I never talked about it like I'm talking about mm. it now. No. Um I would walk around with this big smile on my face, but inside of me, I was damaged. Yes. Yes. No, I, uh, mm -hmm. I would be scared to go to sleep at night. I'd be scared to go mm -hmm. outside alone, uh, even in, in me and my husband's home now. You know, mm -hmm. I, I used to have dreams that he would come back for me, and uh, mm -hmm. it, it was rough. It, it's, it's like a, it makes you feel like it's a point of no return. Because you have completely lost yourself, and I felt like I did. I had, I felt like I, no one loved me. Not just from what he did, it's just that he took all forms of love mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. me. I didn't wow. feel it from no one, mm -hmm. you know. And and it was a lot of people around me that did, but I just didn't mm -hmm. feel it, you know. Uh, it took me. Actually, I met my husband. A year after the incident, and even after that, I must say, and I think he can say too, I gave him a run for his money because mm -hmm. I didn't trust him. Right. Uh, he showed me no signs of, of of being abusive, but it's just in my mind, my mind was not healed, you know, and I took that out on him, mm -hmm. you know, I. Uh, Begin to misuse him and uh, argue with him. And if he, we get the argument, I would always say, you know, you're not gonna do me like he did me. I'm not gonna, you know, mm. I, I did him like this. Mm. Uh, it took me until two years ago to completely let it go. Mm. Wow. And what how I took that was a cousin of his came to me. He said. 
He want to talk to you. He been asking about you. He really wants to talk to you. You know, he would always send me letters. I would turn them up. I would throw them in the garbage can. Send me word, and I would say, I don't want to hear. Your husband? No, no. Oh, this guy. Okay, okay. I see. What I'm saying is, if out of all these years that I've been with my husband, he still had that veil over me. He still had that control over me. And when I finally, I finally said, okay, I'm gonna talk to him. You give my phone number. So uh, he called me and I told him, uh, you know, I forgive him. Wow. And I'm not forgiving you for you. I'm yeah. forgiving you for me. That's it. Yes. You know, yes. Uh, it's powerful. Yeah. Uh, if and I, and I also explained to him, if, if you're trying to use this phone call as a way for me to help you get out of prison, then I'm sorry that's not what it's going to be for. Mm-hmm. If it's God's will for you to get out of prison, then that's God's will. But it won't be because of the hands of me. Um, and I, I told him I'm happy now. I have a husband. I have a beautiful family. I have everything that I want and need. And I have God. Wow. That is powerful. Oh, man, you you said so much in, in that exchange right there that we could just pass the offering plate. But now let me ask you, would you mind, because we have the, the honor and the distinction of having this great man here. And you said up until two years ago, um, you were you were giving him a hard time, your husband a hard time. So he is a much stronger man. I mean, he's the real deal because a lot of men would not even have dealt with the baggage that you would have brought into a, a relationship. Yeah. So would you mind introducing him to our listening audience? This is my husband, Thomas Pendleton. Say hey, baby. Hey, how you doing? It's so good to have you here. And uh, we are excited and really proud of, of you for being able to help her unpack the baggage yes. that she brought into your relationship. And it's been, you said eight years? Eight years. Wow. Eight years. So what's the best thing you can say about this beautiful lady right now? She's a wonderful lady and all going. Okay. She's all going lady. She's a wonderful lady. She's a God person, God person. Wonderful. So Wonderful. I have a question. What did you see in her that she didn't see in herself? Even though she was arguing and, and couldn't, well, was still angry. I was grown up. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, it's brother. Okay. It's okay. Take a strong man and get emotional. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Take your time, yes. man. God bless you, sir. Mm. 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 I grew up around her family. Okay. And most of her grandmama and her granddaughter was uh, God's people. 
So I seen that in her. And uh, I seen that she was a wonderful lady. She had wonderful kids that was basically trapped in the situation of what she told me. So what I did, I gave her all the love that I could. Right. And uh, I prayed about the situation. And, and I kept going. Right. You know, and throughout all things that we went through, I thought about the kids that they need a mom. Right. That's right. And, and I know she was going to be the one to be there for them and had to get herself straight. Right. Uh, we battled, though. We, we <laughs> a strong woman. Okay, okay. And, uh, well, we finally, we finally got through it. Right, right. We finally got through it. Well, I, you know, I, I'm very, you know, men don't tell other men that they, you know, very proud of them, but I'm very proud of you mm -hmm. uh, for your stance, for your strength, for your steadfastness. And then you just said, you're going to give her all the love that you had. Mm -hmm. And to me, mm -hmm. that is one of the most powerful statements yes. that you can make because God told men to love their wives mm -hmm. as Christ loved the church mm -hmm. and gave himself for her. And that's yes. exactly what you've done. Exactly. Proud of you, man. Proud exactly of you. Exactly what you did. Wow. Wow. I just want to say thank you. Because there are so many women out there hurting, going through from one bad relationship to another one just to find themselves. And for you to say, I'm going to be still. I'm going to stay right here. You go and act any way you want to act. I'm going to be right here when you get back. That is powerful. Mm. As a woman myself, we're always seeking to be loved, you know, and to be cared for and to be respected. Women want to be respected for who they are. And for us to give up so much of ourselves to another human being, to thinking that this is the right one. And the only thing he wants to do is to beat us down because he's not satisfied with who he is. And then God sent a wonderful man like you to take care of her heart, even when she didn't feel that she was deserving. Mm -hmm. Do you know how powerful that is? Wow. That is powerful to know that she can depend on you and don't have to be afraid. Because our problem is I'm afraid. What if I open up and the same thing happened again? But you have shown her truly what a husband is supposed to do and supposed to be. And I wish that on many, many women that we come in contact with because we don't find it. So let me say thank you. Thank you. I really mean that. Thank you. Really mean that. Mm. Wow. This. <laughs> and I thank them. I tell them all the time. Yes. To, I don't know. Yes. If God hadn't sent him to me, I don't know where I would be. Wow. Yes. Um, so he's a real hero. Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. And you said God sent him. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. God gave him to me. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <I love. laughs>
Woo. I'm, 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 I'm about to have a fit sitting up. Yeah, and, and, and ladies and gentlemen, y'all, I'm glad y'all can't see my face um, because I, I tell you, this is. He's getting in for me through mm. all this. Mm. Mm. Okay. That sister is the biggest inspiration. I'm telling you. Yes. I love her so much. Mm. She never stopped. Even after I got well and up and about, I started doing a whole lot of things that wasn't right. And, you know, she stayed on my tail. She, I mean, she did not let up on me. She did not give up on me. Mm. She was there all every step of the way, even from from the beginning of the incident, through the trial, through the my recovery stage, uh, my healing stage. She was always there. There's no time I can't pick up the phone and call her and say, Penny, this is what's going on. Uh, can you tell me this? So, you know, I can go cry on her show and never have to hear about it. Mm. You know, she was. Oh, she's a she is a true example of a phenomenal woman. She is. Yeah, we're gonna have to nominate her for next year's Shiro. Um, They they actually have an annual event called Shiro in Mississippi, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's high time that really both of you get that nomination. Yes. So. And we will be nominating both of you. And uh, I'm going to make y'all laugh a little bit, but when I heard her interview, she was bragging about it. <laughs> uh, she loved her some peanut. I, t- I called her, I told her, girl, I don't like you like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and what she said. She laughed, she laughed, she laughed, and she said, oh, you lying. You lying. You love Oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you caught the the interview with uh, with Deputy Chief of Police uh, Penny Jones, uh, she was talking about this young lady in her interview. Go back into the archives and listen to that broadcast. But uh, she did say that our guest today loved some Penny Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so. So wow. Well, well, thanks for clearing that little bit up. <laughs> So let me ask you, what would you say to someone who's going through a situation similar to yours? The first, the first and foremost advice I would give them is to seek God mm-hmm. because you can't do it without Him. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't have a relationship with Him. Mm-hmm. You won't make it. Ooh. And once you do that, you see God, and you have to seek yourself. Mm. You have to learn to love yourself. You know, I, I think that was one of my biggest problems. I didn't feel, I didn't love myself enough mm-hmm. to leave. You know? Wow. I loved him more than I loved myself. Okay, wait, wait. Yeah. Now, I need you to repeat that loud and clear. I loved him. More than I love myself. Mm-hmm. I did. And you said I didn't love myself enough to, to leave. leave. I did. Mm-hmm. I didn't love myself enough to leave because love is not supposed to hurt. You're, you're not supposed to cry. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to, you know, feel unworthy. Right. You're not supposed to be depressed. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to, you know. It it was days I didn't even want to get them comb my hair. Mm-hmm. You wow. know. 
I didn't even want to go out in the public. I didn't want to mingle with people. You know, so I tell anyone else, first seek God, mm-hmm. then seek yourself, okay. and find someone to help you. Mm-hmm. So, in other God, words, you got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. You, because if you don't, things can escalate into something. Because people, I say it like this, people can't help you if you don't say that you need help. Right. No one's a mind reader. Nobody knows what's going on with you. And that's the same way now that I sit back and look. I don't know what someone would have did if I had have said something. Mm-hmm. Don't always look at fear, you know. Just be strong, as as strong as you can be. Find someone to talk to. You know, ask God if you don't feel like you can go to someone. Ask God to send you someone, mm-hmm. and He will. Right. You know, right. uh, it doesn't always have to be a family member. It doesn't have to be a friend. It can be a complete stranger. Like the guy who yes. would who came up and He's questioned right. him when he had mm-hmm. the gun pointed to you. God will send you angels in all shapes, forms, and fashions. So, Love yourself enough to leave. Love your children enough to leave. Love your family enough to not to want to take them through that. Don't drag them down that road with you. Mm. You know. Wow. And I and I know it's hard. It's it's hard. Take it from me. It is hard. Yes. It's easy for me to say this now, but it wasn't easy when I was in that situation. Right. Well, that is so powerful. Wow. You know, and a lot of times people have the intention of leaving like you, and you can tell family members or friends that you're not going to do it this time. You know, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And what I would say to family members, even if you went back, don't leave you. Because if you're coming to that individual person saying, I'm not going back this time, I'm not going back this time, and they shut the door, and that one time that you reach out to them and they say, or well, she just going back, I'm not going to be bothered. I'm just saying, do not shut the door. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the moment that you shut that door is, a, is the time that that person needs you the most. And I tell and I use this That's as an example. Point. Claim your stuff. Yes. Take your stuff back. Yes. Don't give it to them. Don't let them have it. And I took all of my stuff back. I took my pride back. I mm-hmm. took my smile back. I yes. took my tears back. Yes. I took my love back. Yes. I took my depression back. Yes. I took me back. Yes. Wow. So you too don't yes. give it to me. Yes. And I call this my victory. It is your victory. I Absolutely. ran this race. This is my victory. Yes. Well, you're definitely a winner and a yes. champion. Mm-hmm. And for those of people who are going through silent torture right now that may be listening, I'm sure that your story and what you're saying right now is inspiring them and empowering them to uh, at least consider, you know, the remedy that you're, you're talking about. You know, one out of every three women in the U.S. runs into some form of violence. You know, sexual violence happened every 75, every 73 seconds. Can you imagine every 73 seconds in the U.S., someone is being violated? Wow. Every seven, 
uh, 73 seconds, somebody's life is being ruined at the hand of another human being. And it's not fair. Mm. So we have to continue to tell our story. Yes. And, and, you know, if you have to go to trial, let's go to trial. And let's get some people rallying behind us. Because, you know, and it also talks about every one and four person that you sit next to, one of them has been abused in some way or the other. And we have no clue. And people are dying. They are dying inside because of the things that you just said. That person takes away their love, their power, their everything. And when you don't have that, you die. And nothing changes until you start to say, okay, I admit that this happened. I want to acknowledge it. I need somebody to help me. I need somebody to help me. And I want to give the, um, the uh, violence, uh, domestic violence or any violence that you may come into hotline is 1-800-799-7233. And that is so very important. You know, if you're going through any kind of change, regardless of what it is, if it doesn't feel comfortable, you know, if this, and I'm firm believe if a man, uh, if woman, if, if there is a man that curse you, call you out of your name, you need to run. You need to run because you start by giving that power away. You, you know who you are. Should never allow anybody to call you and disrespect you in any way. And no matter what feelings that you may have for that person, you need to reverse that. And that, that love that you have for the individual person that's beating you down, that is the love that you need to find for yourself. If you can't find it for yourself, you need to find it for your children or whoever in your life that you love so you can gain your power because they are not worthy of anything that they take away from you. Not one thing. And what was the hotline number again? It's 1-800-799-7233. And ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, dial that hotline, they know how to handle your situation. They're not going to put you on blast. Discretion or being discreet is is their their number one thing, and to keep you protected. So that is that is one way out. To if you don't have anybody personally that you can talk to, that hotline that Miss Sanders gave will it will at least be a step in the right direction. Uh, on that hotline with domestic violence, every 15, they get a call every 15 uh, minutes, but there's over 21,000 calls in a day. Wow. Wow. In a day. From just that hotline. What about people that's not calling in? So we got to change amazing. some things. There's some things that's got to be changed. And we have to empower our girls or our young men to understand that no matter who that person is that says that they love you, if they go to one point of misusing, abusing, calling you out of your name and doing things, you need to cut them off immediately because they're not working in your life. You're too good for them. Wow. I tell you, this is uh, a broadcast to really remember. And we want to post this on social media. Um, but this particular story needs to be heard again and again. Would you agree, Ms. Sanders? I agree. I do agree. So we want to thank you all again for joining us. But most importantly, we want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Pendleton for being our guest today and for your transparency and just being willing to, to share. 
uh, also the advice that you you gave our listeners. Any closing remarks, Mrs. Sanders? Again, we just, you know, thank you so very much for both of you. You make me look at men in a whole different light. Absolutely. I look at them in a great light, but I look at you and I see the love that you have for this beautiful woman mm. with all the things that she's gone through. And you just said, just be still. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going nowhere. Not going nowhere because awesome. I love you with the love of God. And from that, we just thank you so very much. Okay. Amen. Amen. Uh, Mr. Gucci, how can people get in contact with you? Okay, to reach I'm Free Incorporated, it's www.I'mFreeInc.com or 601-773-7971. Pleasing pleasure as well as a privilege to have our guests and to have you listening. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to New Beginnings Radio, where we are planting seeds today for a better tomorrow and helping you take positive steps towards your freedom. We're here every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as Monday morning at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time. We hope that you will join us. May you ever be delighted with the presence of our Lord as you continue in his will. Have a great week, everybody.